Hey, darling. Welcome to the She's a Creative podcast. Are you a female creative who wants to own your purpose and dominate your creative business? Then this is the podcast for you. I'm Kay, your host and guide to help you on your way to creative freedom and success. Hey, boo. Hey, I'm so excited. Today, oh my gosh, guys! I just found someone that has the same amount of energy as I do, and you know that it's so hard for me to find because I just be doing the most. But anyway, so today we are talking to Marnie Schneider. I can't even say her name well, but I think that's right. So anyway, no, you said it great. It's perfect. Thanks, boo. Thank you. So we're talking to Marnie Schneider, and she is a writer. She's a author, which is really exciting because I don't think I've had a writer on the podcast yet. And um, so she is coming out with a book, and she actually has three books already. Um, but she's coming out with a book called Football Freddy and Fumble the Dog Game Day in Atlanta. So I'm really excited because you know everybody here, a lot of us are from Atlanta, so that's going to be really exciting. So Marnie, thanks so much for coming on. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you for having me. I, I really appreciate it. And thank you for that beautiful introduction. So thank yeah, you. Of course. Of course. Well, I could talk forever and everybody knows I can talk forever. So I'm not going to do that. I'm going to let you introduce yourself. So tell us a little bit about you. Maybe tell us about your books. Like just tell us who you are. Okay. So, well, thank you. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to, you know, talk and share about my love for football and my love for traveling and my love for getting kids to read and to play. So a little bit about me. I grew up in Philadelphia and I had this very unusual and extraordinary childhood in that my grandfather owned the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, wow. So, so <laughs> my mother, and so my mom, Susan, is an unbelievable woman. So my mom, Susan, ran the team for my grandfather. She was my grandfather's legal counsel, vice president, and she is the first and only female to ever hold the position of general manager within any professional football team. So awesome. I'm very proud of my mom. But she was also a single working mother. So when you're a single working mom, you travel with your children because that is what usually happens. So I'm an only child. So every weekend, we would load up, you know, whether on a plane or in the car and head out to a different football city that the Eagles were playing. So I had this incredible opportunity to travel around and see all these great places that most children don't get the chance to see. So for years, I had been approached about writing a book about my childhood growing up with a grandfather who was kind of a, you know, a very charismatic, large in the life guy. In addition to owning the Philadelphia Eagles, my grandfather also is the original founder of the Ronald McDonald House. So we'll get to that. So yeah. So in 19, yeah, I know it's, it's something I'm very proud of. on my whole podcast. Like, yeah. wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. It's really amazing. It's a really incredible story. I'll share with you a video about the whole history of the Ronald McDonald House. Nice. But in 1974, uh, there was a football player named Fred Hill who played for the Eagles, and his daughter was diagnosed with leukemia. And out of that came a charity that my grandfather started called Eagles Fly for Leukemia. And then they used the proceeds from that to buy uh, a house right next to Children's Hospital in Philadelphia. And then my grandfather you know, said to his friend Ray Kroc, listen, uh, you really need to put your name on this because you know the leonard toes house nobody <laughs> i can't even get one of my wives to stay in my house <laughs> so i think uh, i don't think families or children are going to want to you know that might not be the first place that they think about staying and the first mcdonald's to ever be inside a hospital actually is in philadelphia children's hospital so oh, wow. a little bit yeah so my family background is really all about like truly about you know giving back as much as possible and it's just part of my dna so when it came time to writing a book people were like oh you had this crazy childhood i'm like actually it was very strict i had a very disciplined mom and you know we traveled around it wasn't like i was out doing anything any really truly anything interesting other than studying and getting good grades and but i thought about it and i was like well you know what there is a great way for me to incorporate my love for travel and to get to see all these great places and I do believe that sports is the universal language and it's a great way to get fathers and brothers and, you know, men reading to kids too, if there's not necessarily a book about, you know, fairy princesses, although all, we're all, we're all fairy princesses, no doubt, but yes. <laughs> um, a book we are, are, yes. However, a way to get, you know, somebody's brother or uncle to be like, oh, okay, this football Freddy thing, I'm going to get this for my niece or I'm going to get this for my nephew because I can read this book to them and it's about, you know, the travel and the city and then also does incorporate a little bit of sports so that girls and boys can learn and moms and anybody can learn a little bit about football at the same time. 
I think so. that's so interesting though. Like I, I never thought about like getting men to read the books too, you know, like, oh, you know, I, I, I never thought about that, but you know, we always see like, oh, mom, you know, reads books mm-hmm. to her, her daughter and her son before they go, like, we always see that. And usually the books are, you know, fairy tales or, you know, the yeah. Dr. Seuss, but like, I think this is a very interesting like concept to like something, incorporate something that's different and that we can kind of all merge together with like football or sports or you know travel like that's that's I I love that idea like that's a great idea I don't know thank you wow thank (laughs) you so much so the first book came out which was football Freddy and fumble the dog and fumble really is my dog although to be fair his he's a rescue dog his name is Irving because I I so I didn't think it was right to change his name but for creative purposes his name is Fumble the Dog. He's a little chihuahua. I rescued him. Uh, and he's, yeah, he's a sweet guy. I love him. I've got a couple dogs. They're all wonderful. I love animals. Uh, so about a year ago, the first book came out, Football Freddy and Fumble the Dog, Game Day in Philadelphia. And, you know, I thought, let me just try this and see how it works. You know, as an artist, as a, you know, as a photographer, doing your art, there's an insecurity in a way that like, no matter how confident you are, you're still thinking like, is anybody really going to read this? Is anybody going to look at this? Is anybody going to be interested in this? Cause I'm not a narcissist and I don't want to seem like some sort of egomaniac being like, Oh, it's going to be, you know, I have to have some sort of, of ability to be proud of what I'm doing. But on the other hand, it's kind of like, well, I don't know if I sell a copy and my mom buys four copies and whatever, my friends buy some copies, that's great. But so it did very, very well. And the feedback was amazing that it was, you know, not just a book for kids. It was really a book for everyone of all ages. And it really does. And not just Philadelphia fans, you know, people that love, you know, that love the city of Philadelphia or that want to learn about the city of Philadelphia, or maybe that lived in Philadelphia and want to share Philadelphia with their friends in Atlanta or their friends in Dallas or their friends wherever they are. So that was a, you know, a very good feeling. So then I said, okay, well, let me tackle literally, cause I speak in a lot of football references. <laughs> let me tackle, let me tackle another, you know, another city or another team. And in this case, I really picked something that was a, a little bit more of a undertaking because it wasn't just one city or one state for that matter. It was the Carolinas, which are two states, one team. So our book, you know, Football Freddy and Fumble the Dog in the Carolinas, you know, takes you through. I know that uh, it takes, here, I'll show you kind of. So it takes you through, here, this is the first page. And, and, and Freddie, I don't know if you can see, and Freddie and her friend Mary. So in each of the books, not Philadelphia, because I'm from there, you know, Freddie's joined by one of her friends and they're all based on my friends or the kids of my friends, basically kind of a little bit of a combination. And Freddie and Mary travel through the Carolinas and they learn all about the Carolinas. They're on their way to the stadium to then cheer on, you know, they're, they're at the game and then they'll cheer on the team. And, you know, the same thing happens with game, you know, with game day in Atlanta. So game day in Carolinas came out, um, mid to late September and um, game day in Atlanta just came out. So I'm super excited to share it with you. And again, you know, think it's the same thing in every book. And the thing is like, there's always a part where I always want to acknowledge the first responders. I don't know if you can see that. So in every, at every halftime ceremony, there's always a way to, that we've been able to acknowledge the first responders, military, um, policemen, and firemen, because without them, we don't have, um, we have very, you know, we really need to have all three of them working to help us put on a football game. So I want to make sure that, you know, they know that not only are we cheering for the local football team, but also, you know, as a way to thank them too, because That's my mom. My mom and I are very close, by the way. So she's trying to reach me. I'll call her back. Yeah, she's my best friend. I'm very lucky. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I'll call her after um, after we're done. But uh, I'm super lucky to have a great mom, you know, and that's something that I definitely. That's invaluable. That's That's the best. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The best. I mean, good moms are really. I mean, I, I have three children and I think that I'm a good mom to them. At least they tell me that. And, but, uh, well, they, you know, they tell me that a lot. So that's nice. I don't think that they're just um, making it up, but right. ha- I have a great mom. So I've been very fortunate. And she's also, you know, a maverick pioneer certainly has done things that other women have not done. And that's it, something I'm very proud of. And it's a great legacy to have 
for me and for my own children to be able to look back on that. And so that was one of the other reasons why I wanted to write my books is that I could honor my mom. She's my co-author on the first book, Goldie. My daughter, who's a sophomore in high school, was my co-author on my second book. And Jonathan, who's a senior in high school, he's my co-author on Game Day in Atlanta. And Jonathan has a very unique story in that he's a cancer survivor. Wow. At nine months old, he had neuroblastoma and didn't walk and talk, so he was almost five. So oh. we, yeah. So I've really been very fortunate. So he... Uh, He's a great partner. They've all been great partners. And doing things with your family is also something about, you know, watching sports and participating, which is really why it was important for me to share this. And again, like getting, you know, brothers, uncles, cousins, men to read to children is something that we kind of noticed was uh, a really important thing that that we really need to kind of nurture and foster. And as women, encouraging men to, you know, pick up a book and read to their children or just go to a library and read to kids is something that really does have a tremendous amount of meaning. I think that's so awesome. I just, I'm just sitting here listening to your story and like every time you say something else, you, you just hit me with like more, you know, wow. Like, you know, it's like you've been through so much and then you have such a heart for, you know, helping the entire like community that like, all parents, you know, all uncles, like all family members and just reading to children. And I think a lot of times like we, you know, we kind of gloss over the little things, but like those moments that your mom read to you matter, like, you know, and they do. your dad was in on that, like that matter. Like, you know, it's, it's those like small mem memories that you remember, you know, when God forbid, when your parents aren't here anymore, or when your loved one isn't here anymore, like you're going to remember those moments. And I think that this book is a great way to kind of bridge that gap to get people to spend quality time together. We're so, you know, caught up behind the screen and on you know social media and stuff like we forget to take time to you know sit down and read a book or have a meal together or just something you know as a family so this is really awesome like yeah thank you well you know i just donated a couple cases of books to the um local police here so that they could put a book in every single car because in the event that a child is involved in something that what we came up with was, well, if they pull out this book and, you know, then the sheriff can write his, his or her information in the front cover and also, you know, have the child be able to read it as a way to cope during a scenario that is very unpleasant. And right. look, even just a regular traffic accident, if children are involved, it's incredibly scary. And yeah. so this isn't just like, I'm not talking anything cataclysmic, hopefully not, although there will be those. And, you know, obviously that will happen. But this is something where in the event of, you know, a sheriff or a policeman is involved with, and there's children around, hey, hey, you know what, we've got a great book written by, you know, uh, somebody that we know, and I signed all the books. And here, they're going to give out the book to the child or That's the family, awesome. so that they can either then read it to them, or the child can then have it as a way to, you know, really uh, distract themselves in a situation that they might need to, you know, be distracted from. Right. I just really like your entire model because a lot of it is based on, you know, community, like a community aspect of it. And, you know, and, and everything is like give back, like, you know, okay. You know, like I even saw in one of your books, like there's um, one of the characters is like in a wheelchair. And then, you know, you said that your son co-wrote that book with you and, you know, he experienced something that was traumatic. Like, I just feel like all the things that you have going on, you, you, you're able to intertwine that, um, that service aspect into it that I talk so much about. Like I talk so much about, Hey, like it, do some kind of community service, give back with whatever you're doing, whatever, whatever you're creative your what am I trying to say y'all creativity is you know like <laughs> I cannot talk everybody knows it's okay but um but you know like giving back you know I think that's so important I just think that's amazing like what an amazing idea because there are you know times like I remember being in a car accident and just sitting there terrified you know crying and it doesn't help when your kid is sitting over here crying and you've been in an accident and you're trying to figure out what to do and everybody's talking to like it's it's a crazy moment so to have your books being given out to the kids just kind of keep them you know to the side for a minute but we know they're okay like that's such an yes. amazing you know um benefit I guess of your book so that's that's really awesome well, thank you. Thank you very much. I mean, it's just something that ultimately I want to try to find ways to give back because A, that's the only way that my kids are going to learn anything from watching me. But then also it, it's, it's fun for me to be able to do that. And also 
there's definitely a need for it. And then, you know, even, I don't, like, yes, to go back to the character in the wheelchair, that was my son, Jonathan. Jonathan, my oldest son, who's now 18, did not walk or talk till he was almost five. Mm -hmm. So he was, you know, in a, not, he was not in a traditional wheelchair. He was also in a stroller a lot, which I could kind of get away with because, you know, he was not, now he's, yeah, right now he's six feet tall. And I'm like, where did this child wow. come from? I'm, you know, I'm not that big and his dad is not that big. So, uh, so he definitely um, had a huge growth spurt. But yes, it's about like, you know, also being compassionate and empathetic to other children. And I feel like if I can try to just show that like, okay, yeah, Freddie has her friend and her friend Gabe is in a wheelchair. And guess what? They're still going to do all these other things that everybody can do, which is what I did. And kids can do that, that there are no limitations. Then I, I really wanted to find ways to expose that and to share that with my readers and other families and communities. That's beautiful. That's beautiful because um, I think that people, they look at people with any kind of disability. Like I used to work with special needs adults. And so, you know, it's, it amazes me how many people think that like they can't work or they can't do, like they can totally have jobs. Like they can totally, you know, learn and do different things. It's just that they have something that makes things a little bit harder or a little bit different from what you're doing. And that doesn't mean that they're not normal or can't do normal things. So I like that you're, you know, kind of pulling that out and highlighting like, hey, just because he's in a wheelchair or just because, you know, he's different does not mean that he can't go out and explore and travel and enjoy a football game. Like, come on, guys, like, let's be real. So I really love how you kind of incorporated that. And um, I really wanted to ask, since I know that you're kind of, you you do a lot of things with your family. Have you, or are you now full-time like in this author space or are you still doing something else? Okay. Well, I think as a mom, we're always doing how many, many, many things. So I would (laughs) say this, I spend a majority of my time, you know, trying to create this book, this book business, which is a business, although it's really, it's a really a, when it's really true, when you do something that you love, it's really not a business. I mean, I have to run it like a business because the publishers would be like, no, you can't give away all those, all those books. (laughs) And I'm like, I'll buy the books and I'll buy them, you know, at a discounted rate. And then I'll give them away. Like the books that I donated to the police and everything else, I bought all those books and gave them away because I wanted them to have them because I knew that it was going to be helpful. But so, yeah, so this is my full-time job for the most part. I do a tremendous amount of you know, time volunteering, whether it's at the Ronald McDonald house, because it's very important to me and helping them with their fundraising efforts. And also, you know, at my children's school and things like that. But that being said, I spend the majority of my time writing and being able to create different storylines for the football Freddy series. And then also developing like, how can we make, you know, football Freddy into a doll and, uh, you know, and we're going to do a stuffed animal of fumble the dog. Cause a lot of kids want to have a stuffed animal and, you know, trying to figure out what, what is the big picture? How do I grow the business slowly? And because I don't, you know, growth has to be a very, um, strategic pattern. If you grow too big, then you can't meet your demand and you're going to be stressed out and over overexposed or whatever, but, but growing so that we can create a really big business so that I can have great employees working with me to, you know, then be able to support their families, which is really exciting. Like the idea of getting people that are going to be collaborating with me so that we can then you know, share this whole business of football, Freddie, and also, you know, getting kids and families together through reading is really such a, a big mission of mine. You know, our hashtag is when kids read, well, I have two, but when kids read, we all win. And then also when kids play, we all win. And so I think that like those two things, reading and playing are the ultimate coping skills, certainly reading. No one's ever going to be like, oh boy, that girl reads a lot. There's, you know, like that. <laughs> I mean, wow, she's really got problems. That young boy, he's always reading. I mean, that will never happen. I mean, that usually, I mean, the, the likelihood of those, yeah, that, so those are just things that I really do think that, and we all know that like reading makes you smarter. It just does. Reading yeah. makes you smarter. This is uh, just a proven fact. So it's really important to me to be able to get kids and families together reading and communities and, you know, volunteers reading and going and, you know, picking up a book and going into a school and, and wanting to, you know, read it. I, my favorite things to do are to go read to like the second, third and fourth graders at any school, anytime. I'll drop anything for that unless it's my own children and, you know, they are usually coming along with me. 
So that's good. Listen, you're listening to the things that you're saying. And like, you really are like a woman after my own heart, because like you said before, it's like as creatives, like sometimes, especially when it comes to our craft or our, or, you know, our quote unquote business, like we're so in love with it that sometimes we stop looking at it as a business. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like sometimes we're just like, oh, I really want everyone to have this. Like, I really want everyone to experience this. And it's just like, okay, but I do still need to pay my bills, you know? So it's like, It's always like that double edge, like, oh, well, what do I do? You know, but I really, like you said, the truth is that if you really love it and if you're really passionate about it, yes, while you do have to do some business things, like it really doesn't become a job. Like you don't have to say like, oh, I do this full time. It doesn't matter what I do full time. Full time, I get to live and serve other people. And that is what makes me happy. And so everything else is just like, a bonus like whatever like thank you you know I get to do this but I just think that's so beautiful like and then like when you were just talking about you know um reading to the to the second and third grade like you know and just how much time you get to spend serving others and like being a part of the community and I think so often as creatives you know we get sometimes bogged down by oh you know I have to make this a business and we forget that there's like real life outside of that and there's like other people that we can impact and like change that we can actually impact with what we're doing and so I think it's beautiful that that's something that you kind of highlight and then you show your kids and I think um especially as women because a lot of my audience you know we're all women is that as women we have to remember that what we do our our children see and they're going to copy and so you know if they see us out here you know really dominating and being strong in what we're doing but also giving back to the community that's only going to raise up more kids that are going to go and do the same thing and things just start getting better and that's why I like your your whole book idea because it's like hey if if your dad reads this book to you then you're probably going to read to your child because of the experience that you had and so I just think that's so powerful and like impactful for like I mean I'm just sitting here like wow 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 I'm really I'm I'm so grateful for your reaction but yeah it's it's exactly what it is and and truly you know I am an only child to a single working mom and so I didn't really have a lot of experience with my dad because you know he was not around and but i did have a terrific grandfather who was very involved in my life now what do you picked up a book and read to me i don't know never really we never really tried that but i do think that you know getting but i also again like having an opportunity to read a book that's not necessarily just about like you know princesses and things like that which sometimes you know men have a hard time with that they just do and and so having an, a book that kind of has things that are interesting to them, which are sports and travel and football and eating, because there's always tailgating, you know, every, you know, all these different <laughs> things, traditions of, traditions of what happens at the sporting event, that they can, then they can also, what it really does do is that it not only, you know, encourages them to read to children or whatever it is, or children to read to themselves, but it also then does ignite curiosity and questions and opening up a dialogue of like, oh, you know what? We haven't been to Tybee Island, but let's go. Okay, let's go there. Or, hey, dad, have you ever, or, you know, whatever it is, uncle, you know, uncle Joe, have you ever been to this place? Well, no, I haven't, but let's go. Have you ever been to, have you ever had this kind of food? No, I haven't. Let's go do that. So then it suddenly create a wish list of things that now they can talk about doing. And then I've had families take the books and be like, okay, well, we went to Myrtle Beach and we went to here and we went to the Biltmore and show me all the things that they did. Same thing in Philadelphia. Oh, here we are at the Liberty Balance. Here we are at Constitution Hall. Here we are at the Art Museum, pretending that we're Rocky running up the stairs. And here we are eating a cheesesteak. So it's like I've had people, you know, send me examples of what they've done through the books. Which that is like is so, so great. amazing. I almost want to cry because I just, I, I, when you were saying it, I thought about how it does open up that dialogue. It does open up that conversation of saying like, oh, I've never experienced this. We should do this. And, you know, yeah. and like you said, now it's a book that men can relate to or anybody can relate to. It's not just men. Anybody. I mean, well, that's, the thing. and also, yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's really, it's important that, you know, that they, that anybody reading the book you know, sees also, again, relatable, you know, that, that kids that are, you know, that have, that are in a wheelchair, they can do whatever it is. So here they are, you know, uh, at the, you know, Okafenoki Swamp. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and so it's just with their dogs and just doing things that kids like to do. And then again, it opens up a dialogue and, and, you know, obviously, you know, here they are at, um, at Dr. King's, I don't know if you can see the whole page. 
page spread. You know, so it's just things like that. No, I haven't been there, but let's go there. That's an important monument. I want to go yes. see that. Let's go. You know, or and so now they have a way to go there. And then again, you know, bringing fun into it because we want, you know, it's, it's kids and and you know, it's about having fun too while they're doing it right. and experiencing the whole thing and feeling included in whatever it is. So, I mean, feeling included and feeling valued are really and important are really the kind of, I think the things that make us inside know that, know that we're, know that we're valued. Yeah. I think that's such a great idea. And I, I just, wow, I'm just hearing so many things and I'm like, okay, this is so awesome. Um, I a question that I had while you were talking is, are you going to, um, you know, send Freddie and, um, and Bumble or sorry, not Bumble, but Fumble. Are you going to send them to like all the cities that have football teams? Yes, we are. Thank you for asking. Yes. So, all right. So right now there's three cities that we've, you know, had that I've written books for that have been published. Mm -hmm. And right now I'm working on football and football, Freddie and Fumble the Dog game day in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. And in Pittsburgh, um, Freddie and Fumble are going to be met by their friend, Hugh. And Hugh is autistic. And Hugh is my Mm -hmm. best friend from college. Her son, Hugh, is autistic. Now, there's all different levels of children on the autism spectrum. Hugh is is much... Now, for the book purposes, we're not going to... It's much harder to display. Hugh has a little bit more of a um, profound case of autism. However, you know, for just general purposes, we're kind of giving him a... um, We're rounding out the edges a little bit. So it's kind of a little bit of a... Of a, of a mixed bowl of, of autism, but it was something really important for me because I see how Stacy, my roommate from college and one of my best friends, how she manages it so elegantly as a mom to have a child who's autistic and how what a terrific example she's been to many other women and families and everything else. So I'm very excited about game day in Pittsburgh where Freddie and Fumble and Hugh travel around the city of Pittsburgh. And then after that, we're kind of, I'm, you know, deciding right now between Tennessee, Miami, Dallas, there's a bunch of different, I've started working on all of them. So I just have to figure out which way we're going to go next. And so by the time, so Pittsburgh will be out March of 2019 and then right after that, we're going to roll out two or three more. And then by the time, you know, so we're, so I have, you know, four or five more by the start of the uh, 2019 season. Nice, nice. Yeah. This is so yeah. exciting. I'm just, I, I really love how you have married um, your love of service to your creativity. And I think that's such a powerful combination because as individuals, as creatives, like we all have the ability to spark change and to, uh, and, and I, I see how you really promote like inclusion and, you know, just because you're different doesn't mean that you can't do what everyone else does. And Hey, we should all bond over things like travel and football and sports and whatever it is. Like, I just really like this whole idea of taking your creativity and marrying it with a certain kind of service and like social change. And that's really awesome. And I mean, I I can see it comes from your background. Like you have an extensive background of service and, you know, just greatness. And so this is just really awesome. Like, I really you know, I mean, I'm so lucky because I've been able to make friends you know, from when I was very young, traveling around, whether, I mean, and this is really kind of my give back to them in many ways. Like when I was a young girl, you know, we would travel to different cities and I would, you know, I would make friends with whoever it was, what, uh, you know, different, uh, like, I'll give you a great example, like a different football player and his daughter and I became very good friends because we were in similar situations. Mm -hmm. So suddenly now, like we could speak the same language and it wasn't, and it was a language of sports, but also, you know, a language of, you know, of really feeling very dejected when our team lost and nobody could really understand that. And so, I mean, I'll give you a great example. In 1978, I was very young. Okay. Like eight or nine years old and the Eagles were playing the Falcons in the wild card. Okay. So we traveled to Atlanta. It was my first time, you know, really that I remember being in Atlanta and guess what? The Eagles had a chance to win the game. Okay. But what happened was the score was 14 to 13. And at the end of the game, the Eagles could have kicked a field goal to win the game, but their kicker was hurt. So they decided to use their punter to try to kick a field goal. And it didn't go well. Because punters don't necessarily know how to kick like a field. You know, it's like a very different completely. So Eagles lost the game. 
crying, you know, and it was like such a moment for me to really, it was like really one of my first heartbreaks of realizing that, you know, what this all meant to me and, you know, having also then having someone there to be able to commiserate with, you know, a friend that we could really share this, these same tears together. So I've been so blessed to be able to make friends from traveling around, from having this unusual, you know, experience. But also what I think it does do is that, you know, sports bring people together. You don't have to, I mean, own a football team to have friends that are on your team, friends that maybe, you know, your dad might've played, you know, high school football. And now suddenly they're doing like a flag football game and go, and now kids are all participating in it. So it brings everybody together. Sports really is the universe the language and then you know in february atlanta is hosting the super bowl yeah. so for me it's like that is such a wonderful opportunity that's why i really was excited to get this book out there because i was like you know this is going to be a great souvenir for people that can't go to atlanta for the super bowl but they want to know about atlanta and you know so this is a great because most people aren't i mean the tickets are outrageous and people can't afford to go i mean it's not this is not a a, a normal you know activity to go to right. a super bowl but mm -hmm. guess what you can get this book and you can read all about atlanta and experience it and see what's going on in georgia and the, you know all a little bit about the history of it and that's a great way to do it and then the same way that you know families that do go that's they they can bring this back or they can you know use it as a tour guide when they are and also again doing things in the community to contribute to the community because as wonderful as it is having a big sporting event in your city it's incredibly disruptive yes. so like if you're there you have to i feel like it's part of the responsibility of people that are there being guests of that host city to you know, go and contribute to the local businesses and yes. to put money back into the community. And, you know, truthfully, I love Airbnb when you have these big kind of events because let the people that are, you know, that are living there get the benefit of some of these, you know, big events. Totally. Rather than a lot of the big corporate hotels, you know, rent out, ho like I always, you know, last year I was in Minneapolis and for the Super Bowl, and we stayed in an Airbnb, and I was like, "This was so great because, you know, the the family that we rented the place from, they were so excited because, you know, it was nice money coming into them, and they it was a great experience for everybody, and I felt like we were living in in Minneapolis, and we really got to see the whole entire. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was just so great. So my big, you know, PSA or whatever is when it comes to like Super Bowls or things like that, like do go stay local and give the community back as much as possible because they really do need it. And I don't love the word need, but it's real. They're really worthy of it right. because they're opening up their community to, to visitors. And it's, it's a really great way to, you know, to show the respect that you appreciate what they've done. Yes, I totally agree. I, I couldn't agree more. And I mean, yeah, yeah, like it's it's hard to say like the word need, but it's like we are as as the host city. It's like you have to accommodate this random info, well, not random, but this like crazy influx of people. Yes. And, and it does, like you said, it's very disruptive. So it's, it's really disruptive. helpful when when you know when people on the outside can give back to these local businesses and small but like it, it just it, it kind of helps everybody out we all get to balance out from that so yeah i think that's a great i think that's a phenomenal idea and i, I just i'm just sitting here listening to you like wow like I, i'm usually not the most speechless person in the world because i have a lot to say like <laughs> wow like, I'm, I'm a little kind of stuck <laughs> Well, all right, good. Thank you. I mean, not, okay. Well, thank you very much. Well, you know what, because I guess, you know, sometimes we speak the same language Yes. and we automatically just do like, I could tell from the first second that we started speaking that we were going to, you know, have, because we're empathetic women and we care about the community, whatever community it is, we care about making a difference. And these are just common core values that, you know, are moral compass is calibrated enough to say these are things that really matter so what can i do to make a difference and oh that was perfect that was so perfect what are your values and how can you use that to make a difference i think that's so right. important if people can keep that at the core of who they are like so many good things can come from that so that was a that was perfect right there that was perfect thank you Yes. Well, I mean, I really, truly, you know, my grandfather would always say, you know, civility is not a sign of weakness. Mm. And so I grew up hearing that. And it's true. And then the other thing he would always say is, what do we need to do to make, you know, to get it done? And then just do it. Like, yes. you just have to do it. <laughs> Don't, that's it. It's like, okay, then just do it. You know, that's it. Yes. Yeah.
that that was perfect. I, I mean, I couldn't think of anything better than that. I do want to ask one question that I'm sure a lot of people want to know the answer to because it's it's just something that we talk about a lot. But what have you found has been like maybe one of your biggest challenges as a writer or as a creative, you know, just trying to create this kind of content and, you know, if you have deadlines, like I'm sure if working with a publisher, you might have deadlines. So like, what, what do you find is like the biggest challenge in what you do? I think, well, the biggest challenge professionally is knowing when I, it's like, okay, I can't do any more changes, like not beating mm. myself up anymore. And as a woman, you know, we're prone to beat ourselves up. We're prone to be like, I'm, fat, I'm ugly. My hair looks awful. I'm this, I'm that. Ugh, if I only could look like that. Well, I used to look like that. I don't look like that anymore you know, whatever it is. And so it's really just trying to be like, you know what? I did a great job. Are there some things that I would have liked to have done differently? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, for sure. There are just in life. There are. And even with my books, I was like, wait a minute, this page, like whatever. I'm like, oh, we forgot that. And I wish I had done that, but I can't keep you. But if you do that, you're never going to leave the bed. You're going to be in a fetal position, crying, probably drinking alcohol. <laughs> Good Lord, who knows what else you'll be doing because you will not be able to, you know, and I don't drink and I don't smoke and I don't like any sort of like outside influence that would maybe make me think differently that I, I know that like I've done everything. The other thing is, you know, I've done my homework. I'm prepared. You know, a family expression is if you're not prepared, don't show up. I prepare for everything. Wow. And then if the outcome isn't ideal, okay, well then I probably didn't prepare enough. And I'd be like, you know what? Okay. I didn't do enough, but I did. I did, I got a B. It's not great, but I got a B. You know, mm -hmm. however, next time I'm really going to make sure that I do everything I possibly can do to get the A, if that really matters to me at that particular moment. Maybe sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes I'm like, a B is fine, you know? However, because, and even like just as I get older and as I start to look at like what really matters, I'm like, you know what? A size six is okay. I'm like, mm -hmm. it's okay. Yeah. I'm okay with that. You know, and it's weird. I never thought I would be like that. I'd be like, no, you know, like, how are you ever going to be okay not being like a size two? And I'm like, because pecan pie is really good. <laughs> uh, never really had a whole lot of it growing up. Because everything in life is about a delicate balance. And that's really what it comes down to. And, and you know, I try to be somebody that like, I really, we just had Thanksgiving. And I was like, hey, you know what, family, let's just, I don't want to throw food away. I really hate wasting food. So let's just do small, Okay small but significant and let's share a piece of pie because the first bite usually tastes better than the 10th bite let's just face the facts yeah you're, you're okay. kind of over it <laughs> but i'm like oh i'm so gross i don't <laughs> like that you know so and so i was like let's just instead of getting all this stuff let's you know obviously not that i'm gonna like walk over to my neighbors and be like here here's half a pie you're welcome you know but i was like let's just make it last for a couple days you know rather than buying three or four of them let's all share a piece of pie and enjoy it and really just like enjoy that and can we do that and we did and it was really great and then the funniest part is that my neighbor his oven their oven um broke so we kind of got to experience like you know kind of a, another family's Thanksgiving. I didn't, yeah. they didn't eat it here, but we got to cook their dinner, which was such a great thing for me because I was like, sure, Wally, bring your food over and cook it, you know, in our kitchen. Why not? That sounds great. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was really nice. That's so awesome. I, I just, I, I'm listening to a lot of the things that you're saying and I just, I really, and I'm a big believer in like community and like service and like, you know, just giving back and, you know, just, being more of a whole and not just parts, you know? And so I can tell that a lot of the things that you do are geared towards that. And I think that that's something really important as creatives that we focus on that. And then I really love how you said, you know, if you're not prepared, don't show up. And it's just like, <laughs> wow. Okay. That, that was like a major news flash, but that's the truth. You know, like, like you said, sometimes a B is enough, you know, it's okay. yeah. times like, and, and then I like how it's like you are taking full accountability. Like it's not somebody else's fault. It's not, you know, it wasn't traffic. It was me. It was, it was because yep. I didn't do my part. And so I just, I think that's a lot of times, you know, as creators, like you said, it's hard to know when to stop and like when to stop, you know, like, oh, I'm going to keep on revising or, oh, I don't like this. Or like, you'll never finish if you keep you trying won't. to revise, you mm -hmm. know? And so I think, but I think like you said, with that preparation, you know, 
if you make a B, you make a B and that, and that should be good enough unless it's not. And then, Hey, you need to go prepare some more. You need to go and do whatever it is that you need to do. But I do, I agree that there does come a time that it's like, Hey, this is it. This is enough. This is good enough. And <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to stress myself out about it anymore. So that was yeah. it. And that's really, that's really what, you know, it's like ultimately, and as certainly as I get older and I get perhaps wiser, I hope wiser, but also just more balanced of like, okay, I know what I need to do and I'm going to go do it. And some days I'm just like, you know what, we're, look, Kay, you and I are a lot alike. Like yeah. the thing is we have a lot of energy. We put a lot of effort into everything that we do. We want to give people the full experience of us. Okay. I mean, good or bad, whatever it is. So sometimes I'm just like, you know what? I, I go to bed at eight 30 at night. I go to bed with like before my kids do it half the time, because I know that I get up at five in the morning. I take the dogs out. I make lunches. Like, I don't want to not do those things. Like to me being up late at night. I mean, obviously some people are really creative at night and sometimes I am, but like, I know I'm a better morning person. And I also want to make sure that like, I've got lunches to make because I love doing that. Like there's going to be a day soon because my kids are getting older where they, they won't need me to make them lunches. And then I'll be like, oh, well, okay. But I made it all for the, all those years and I love doing it and I never missed it. I mean, I did miss it occasionally and then we'll have Lunchables or whatever. But the fact is that like, I don't want to ever feel like I made poor choices because I was being like reckless with my own time or whatever it is. And with kids and adults, like my whole thing is, I want to give my kids and other children too a great childhood. Okay. And reading really does give you a great childhood. Yes. And then I my parents like the best adulthood, because if I don't do that, then my kids are going to be like, push her out to the old age home, <laughs> whatever, right. get rid of her. Who knows? Maybe not. But you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, it's the only way that they're really going to see how to really respect and take care of old people and me in particular. So, and, and I love my parents and I want to make sure that they know that, that they've done a good job raising a daughter and, and raising somebody who cares about them and that they have nothing to be worried about. Cause I do think getting older and your legacy is so scary because you're like, well, have I done enough? Have I created enough? Have I sustained my family legacy? And am I creating enough of a new legacy for my children to also be part of and, you know, taking that burden off of my parents' shoulders of knowing that they've done a good job, that financially I'm in control, emotionally I'm in control, that their grandkids are okay and that their grandkids are nice kids. Like that to me is really what, what my currency is more than anything. Like making money from books. You don't make any money from books, by the way. It may be when you have 25 books, maybe when I'm JK Rowling, then we'll talk and whatever. But <laughs> until then, I'm not, you know, but, but what I do, what you do is you really um, put your emotional currency into everything you do. And then, and then I think that's where the, the, the fiduciary payout eventually comes. Right. Right. I totally agree. Yeah. I totally agree. I love that. And I really, I think that that sums things up perfectly because uh, like, I think you just explained your why right there. You know, it's, it's like, it's not, it's not just about the money. It's about the legacy that you're leaving. And it's about the impact that you're able to make on not just your own family, but other people's families. Cause what your book is doing, like, while it's great for your friends and family, because you're sharing their stories, but it's also bringing other people's families together that may not have otherwise come together in this same kind of capacity. They probably wouldn't have come together over reading a book, you know, and right. something that they can all bond over. And that book is going to go on to, you know, like you said, spark that conversation conversation for them to go out and experience different things or to go to a football game together or whatever it is, any kind of sports game together. And so I think that it's doing way more than just, you know, it's, it's more than just a book, which is really awesome. Like, you know, well, thank you. That's, that was the, that was the intention and the plan was that like, this is a book. Okay. But this is basically, you know, a, a plan of like how to communicate with your, just to bring people together because ultimately it's like, we're all in this together. I mean, yeah that's what it is. And, and I, and I want to protect other kids, children. And like my, one of my favorite things to do is like when my friends call and they ask me, Hey, can you help out my child with X, Y, Z? And I'm like, sure. Because helping somebody else's child is truly like, is really one of the great compliments in life. And also something that really is meaningful to them because now you're, you know, propelling their legacy and also, you know, maybe improving, you know, their street cred with their own children in, in right. some way. What, 
is. I mean, hey, right. can you help my kid get an internship at the Ronald McDonald House? Or can you do this? Or, you know, can you just read my, my daughter's application for college because you are a writer and, you know, maybe she needs another eye, set of eyes to look at it. I'm like, of course, I'd love to do that. You know, those are things that really matter to me. That's awesome. Uh, I'm so happy we're now friends. Oh my goodness. Me too. I told you you're stuck with me now. <laughs> oh girl. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. Okay. I'm here for it. I'm so excited about it. Thank you so much for this. Um, I usually do a rapid fire round. I was about to forget, but I still want to do it. And basically I ask five random questions that you just answer just for fun. So are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Okay. Question number one, what's your favorite book? Oh, well, Football Freddy and Bumble the Dog. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I was like, but I just have to ask, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and okay. my second favorite book would be a book called Briefcase Essentials, which was written by my mom. And it's an oh. amazing book about women in the workplace. And so I highly, it's available on Amazon. My book's available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble also. But um, Briefcase Essentials, for any, any women, women, woman, man that wants to kind of understand what it's like to be a working woman in, you know, in the 20th century or 21st century. And my mom, again, was a, you know, pioneer, maverick, goddess, rock star working yeah. in this very business. So Briefcase Essentials and Football Freddy. Okay. Yeah. Briefcase Essentials by who? What's, what's her name? Susan Spencer. Susan Spencer. Okay. Got yeah. it. Okay. So that was your favorite book. Okay. Um, what was the last thing you ate? <laughs> well, all right. So the last thing I ate was I truly, I had, I mean, this is some, a couple of things from Thanksgiving that were left over. And I just went into the kitchen to make myself a little snack. And I was like, okay, I think it's time to throw away the pecan <laughs> pie. I mean, it really was, it was not good. It wasn't good anymore. It was like, there was a little sliver left. And I was like, if I microwave it, will it be good? No. Oh. So the last thing I actually ate was breakfast with my neighbor and uh we try to have breakfast once a week just to you know have a nice ketchup and that was uh scrambled eggs with some cheese okay. but the last thing i snacked on was some leftover from thanksgiving so a week it made it a week and then i was like that's it's it it's time to go yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay question number three what is your favorite color well, I, my favorite color is probably green, but I love the color that I'm wearing like this reddish crimson color mm, because, okay. you know, because I've been told that it looks good on me. I don't it's know if it does. Yeah. It, it, it's a good color on you. Okay. So I, yeah, so probably this color. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This color. yeah. Um, number four, what is one thing you cannot live without? Oh, my children and my mom. Aww, I love that. That was so yeah. sweet. Yeah. Okay. The last question, this is one that I ask everybody is okay. what does it mean to you to be a female creative? Oh, I mean that it means everything to me. It means a legacy. It means that we're able to do it. It means, I mean, it, it's very emotional to me because, you know, being creative isn't just about like picking up a pen and writing, but being creative just in my imagination and creatively, you know, thinking about like how I'm going to take care of my children and how I'm going to be a good friend to my friends and how I'm going to be a good daughter. And that is all about being creative because it's not, there's no manual to that and everybody has yeah. to create their own plan of that. So being creative is really a very deep thing for me. And, but I think being creative means that people might actually, you know, learn something from some of the things that I'm trying to display or distribute or explain and share and, that is a huge gift to me. I mean, that is a very, very, very big gift to me. I, I'm the recipient. I mean, the thing is, I know that I get the benefit and the gifts, you know, that people, when I'm, I'm the receiver in all of this. I'm very fortunate. I'm very oh. blessed. Guys, I wish you guys could see her face right now. She's about to have me in here crying. <laughs> but I mean, because... A lot of people get stuck on that question and I love that we all get stuck on it because it really does mean so much to us, um, you know, to be creatives and how we're able to contribute and, you know, just share and express ourselves with that. And so I, I really just love your answer. Just me. like that was everything. So really Thank quick. You. And woman and making new friends. I mean, look, Kay, we're friends. We're like, the Girl, thing is, you know, best friends. Women, <laughs> women are, I love women that can support other women and be nice yes. to other women. And like, I have, you know, my best girlfriends I'm an only child so I have a half brother but you know I'm an, but as a girl I mean so my girlfriends go way 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 back I mean and and it's and I'm so fortunate to have that they're my sisters and we're mm -hmm. heart sisters and 
making new friends as an, you know, making new friends as an adult is such a luxury. And that's like one of the yeah. great gifts of like being out here and writing books. Like I've been able to make now you're my friend and that's going to be, and I'm hopefully going to get to see you next week. When, and yes, so, you are. That, and so those are great things to me that like as a creative, it's like, we're going to sit down and like hug it out and we're going to be like, Oh wait, we feel like we've known each other forever. I believe that. Yes. Oh, I, I know it. I know. I mean, I'm definitely down for it, girl. I will see you next week. All right, good. <laughs> Excellent. So okay. before we sign you off, can you tell us, um, you told us where to find your books, but just tell us again. And then if you're on social media, like how can we connect with you that way? Oh, okay. great. Yes. I love social. Okay. Social media is lots of fun. So on Facebook, it's Marnie Schneider or Football Freddy and Fumble the Dog or both. On Instagram, it's Marnie Schneider one. And there's a picture of me. So I think, you know, you'll find me, see it. And then it's game. Um, my Instagram is game day in the USA. So if you just go to game day in the USA and then you'll see football, Freddie and Fumble. And then Twitter, it's Marnie Schneider. So you can find me there. And LinkedIn, Marnie Schneider. Link in with me. I mean, I love to find ways to do, you know, to talk about business and things like that. Because that's, I think that that's other ways to be creative and to kind of help other women, you know, flourish and grow and be yeah. out there. and and whatever it is that, you know, we want to talk about, it's just a great way to network and to really help other people or family members, things like that. So football, Freddy and fumble the dog game day is available on Amazon. So you just type in football, Freddy and fumble the dog. It comes right up and it's available on Barnes and Noble. Also it's available through mascot, the publishing company, their website. It's available through me. Just send me an email and I'll tell you, or text me or send me a message on social media. I'll tell you how to get it. But Amazon's really the easiest place to go to go and get it. Football Freddy and Fumble the Dog. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, wonderful. Well, I hope that everybody grabs it. I want everybody to grab this book and give it to anyone in your life and have them read to a child. Guys, this is going to be so important. I'm really excited about our conversation and just, I, I, I can't wait to see how this sparks change in people's lives because I really think that it is. Um, if it, you know, I'm sure it is already, but I'm just now hearing about it. So I'm going to scream <laughs> it from the rooftops. I got your back, girl. And yes, yeah. I so appreciate you so, so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much thank okay. you so much oh thank you i can't next week well you know it'll be lots of fun yes it's gonna be lots of fun so thank you guys so much for tuning in and until next time i will talk to y'all later thank you so much for checking out this episode of the she's a creative podcast if you enjoyed this let me know by sharing a review on itunes or sending me a screenshot of you listening to this podcast and your favorite part go follow me on social media to get more inspiration wisdom and tips at She's a Creative Podcast or at Mrs. K Hillman on Instagram and check out the blog at she's a creative.com. I love you creative darling so much. And until next time, keep building your creative dreams.